Now, like, is Mercor in the stubs just, like, it was Malkin in the tangles, and then Mercor had, like, an identity crisis, and he <laughs> had to, like, transform himself into something new and then started a new band with some new people. I think this is a chiller vibe. I feel like the first band was probably <laughs> in the punk realm, and then this one is, like, they've mellowed out a little bit. Nah, they're, they're into ska they're now. I mean, it'd be very poetic reviews. I wonder if they would have fangirls, because they aren't the most. Only if they get close enough for the glamour. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, come to the front row. (laughs) Well, you know, there's so few fans that they can all fit on the front row. I, I feel very strongly that somebody has uh, used the phrase like modern modern Bob Dylan for more for Mercor. <laughs> <laughs> he has that wisdom. Yep, the ability to tell a good tale. He's got good eye contact. Oh yeah, I'm sure he locks it in. All those swirling eyes. The thing that like really locks too. it in for me in terms of them increasing in their abilities is the fact that nobody gave a shit about them back in uh what was it is uh it's not tree hog what's the what's the place called Casserick. yeah everybody just wanted to get rid of them and hope they die off but like well, they were just in their garage band phase and they were not right but it's like, like now they are complaints. legitimately <laughs> controlling people with their glamour so i i feel like yeah they're like getting bigger but obviously they their powers are growing a little bit in other ways i like that eli's trying to have a real conversation i know i was like like, you mean like they're turning into you too like they have a lot of money they're globally known they have a lot like yeah they're like this black they're this black magic band that you know casts a spell with their with their lyrics and their you know, instrumentation. Is, like, yeah, I'm into it. Bono Mercer doesn't need glasses. He just has swirling eyes. He's thin. And by the way, yeah, they totally cover that song. They have a rocking cover of I Put a Spell on You. <laughs> <laughs> but can it be better than Bette Midler? I don't know. Are there any, like, Honestly. live ship kayaks? There are about <laughs> to be. <laughs> it seems like it might be a good use if they you know Live they ship. never got far enough up the river because the boats were too ride. big maybe maybe just make a couple live ship kayaks and maybe they could have gone all the way we need a how much ride. of a dragon would be in a kayak like just the toe you have like just like you know like you have yeah, 10 like boats and it's like all one dragon and they're all just like going together well, how do you, how many people have to die in a kayak to make it like um, to turn it alive? Uh, like re- relatively speaking, so like for for a big live ship that like you know presumably has a crew of fifty to a hundred people, like the old you know galleys, 
um, you need three people at least to die on on the ship, and you just but catch a with, fish and fillet it on. But like a little wizard would, you know, charm it, it comes alive after a few <laughs> so hours it gets or the a few days or whatever. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> just one memory over and over. Yeah, let's talk about dragons. <laughs> Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode sixty-eight, the Rainwilds Chronicles, book two, Dragon Haven, prologue through chapter four. Maybe I'll shorten that. Uh, I'm Rachel, and I'm a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, a new reader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena. I am a new reader. Okay, first up, corrections, omissions, announcements. We got several emails and DMs um, about episode 66, where one of us referred to Malta as Althea's sister. Apologies, Malta is Althea's niece. Um, we confused people with that comment, but in our defense, we don't care. So... <laughs> what was it? <laughs> She's her sister niece. There's a little hyphen. I don't even know. I what? Maybe we all did it. Maybe it was one of us. But I will take the blame. Uh, I know that I, I be, just don't care how they're related. I, I am also the dumbest here. It, it feels so like it's, sisters. It's probably me. So we I had multiple discussions that. in the last like trilogy about whether or not like Fitz or Dutiful referred to each other as like cousin or nephew or uncle. So I mean, mm-hmm. we just don't like pay attention. Let's blame Robin. Hood. They're kin, okay? <laughs> okay? We're just going to say that they are kin. They're in the same family. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that really mattered about their relationship. Yeah. They are related. Yeah. They are closely related and are near in age. Uh, so sorry about that, but they are um, aunt and niece, uh, although they are very close in age. Um, well, close enough. Um, we've got nothing in the mailbag, so... We can Thanks go straight to us. the prologue. Yeah. Ho, 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 This lovely book <laughs> opens with Centara writing in her journal. What do I think of humans? I try not to, but if I'm forced to think of humans, only if for a few words come to mind. Small. Stupid. Pointless. Knowing a human is scarcely worth the effort. They spend their short lives braying out every thought in their heads and yet are constantly misunderstanding each other. Why bother existing? Also, had none of them thought to bring her a fish today? Not one person (laughs) brought me a fish today either, Centara. How bothersome. (laughs) Then, there's that rude skank Melkor. Who does he think he is tweeting out my real name for all to see? Not that his followers have a brain cell above simple, but honestly, one of those poor things might think that they can speak to me one day, and then, what am I supposed to do? No matter, I am still poised to be the top dragon. After all, which of the others has two keepers? Only I. They're both useless, of course, but I've got the two (laughs) best of the refuse. Thymar is disrespectful, (laughs) but a good hunter. Elise is pathetic. But respectful. If only I could squish them together into a decent elderling. Just one. Just one decent elderling. Alas, I'll probably have to test them to bring out their best. But how should I do that? 
At this point, Centara is distracted for a bit, thinking about live ships and then Captain Leftrin. I only mention this because uh, she says that the captain obviously considers the dragons worthy of attention but avoids them, and Centara suspects that he has a secret. This is really interesting because Centara believes that she could rifle through his brain and determine his secrets with ease. But why bother, she says. Humans don't have any secrets worth knowing. <laughs> Uh, I suspect that maybe she has memories of being this powerful, uh, but it's it's interesting nonetheless. Back to the journal. What was I talking about? Oh, right. Testing my poor, stupid humans. How would I do that? Just then, Centaur fortuitously sees Greft and Gerd holding hands and snickering as they run into the woods. Mmm, Centara thinks, and then writes, I'm going to ruin Thymara's whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> the mail for the prologue is a bit of a repeat from before, with more questions into where Elise and Cedric went, presumably to jog our tiny human brains. <laughs> I will say, for how short the first book was, this second book had a lot of recapping in it. I'm like, yeah, we just finished. That book was, like, not hard to remember. Yeah. It was half the size of a normal book. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the second half, really, of one book. Like, let's be real. Which is even say, more of a reason to not so recap roughly. everything. How Agreed. long between when they were published? Uh, one I week. Was supposed to look that up. 2010 I? was this one. Those dragon haven. Not Dragon Age. Dragon Age. <laughs> so wait, I'm sorry, Dragon Haven was twenty ten. Yes. And um it was March twenty ten. And Dragon Keeper was that's not the right author. Oh. Turns out that's a popular. I know there's another book, book that dares to be having the same title. Ooh. Uh, this one was June 2009. So oh, they weren't that far. Apart. A few months. She definitely turned that in as one manuscript. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'm just before we talk about the the relevant text, I just want to say that one of my long-standing, like since I was probably 10 or 12 years old things that has pissed me off about the fantasy genre is the need to do the fucking recap like i know, it's like are you catering to people who didn't bother to read the first book fuck them they can go read the first book uh -huh. and otherwise if you can't be bothered to like remember the first book adequately or then then go reread it don't bore me because i remember it perfectly fucking adequately and probably reread it right before the sequel came out like I don't want to fucking right, read but the recap. If you're it's gonna so take twelve years to write a book, you might exactly. want to recap for a few. If months. you're George Martin, maybe <laughs> right. give me a little bit of a summary. So that and, I don't have to reread the feast and dance things. Right, but I, if your if your book comes out six months later, I probably remember. Yeah. <laughs> like, back, back back when I wanted to be a writer, my my thought was I'm going to have a summary of the first book, and like if you need it, you can then read it. And if you don't need it, you don't have to, and I won't bore you with those details well, in the text. I, I appreciate when that happens. Yeah, I've seen just that. do like a previously on, and then exactly. you move on. Yeah. To be fair, though, if this was a recap, intro. it was interesting because it was from a completely different point of view. 
Oh well, the the the, the prologue was less recappy than like chapters one and two because there was and a lot of fucking four. recap. It goes yeah, on like, forever. So you're like halfway through the yeah, book and it's, it's still recapping. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like I'm reminding myself what's happening so that I know what's right next. So mm-hmm. yes. like, she's like, I went on a bender in between these, so I just need to refresh. <laughs> <laughs> now, what were the societal rules of Bingtown? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> no, that's why this is a plot conflict. Um. Listeners cannot see this lovely journal that you posted into the notes, Eli. Oh yeah, it's a uh, it's a lovely Lisa Frank Pegasus, and it says "My Memory Book." Aww. This is this is Centara's memory book, her ancestral memory book. This is what she's writing in with her giant with hands her giant, with some clay. Yes. She just paws at it. <laughs> Like so pretty and rainbowy, I love it. She tells Elise to write in it for her. Scribe, yeah. mm. scribe me. Yes. <laughs> it would be rainbow <laughs> if it weren't covered in mud. <laughs> Remember how I said that the dragons sucked? <laughs> I just still don't believe the dragons suck. I don't. Life what? ships are better. I'm I'm successfully glamored by Murkor. I love him. I love him so much. He's the only tolerable one. I think Centara is a little too big for her britches. Which is funny because... Mostly Centara sucks. I feel like Centara is just Tintaglia 2.0. It's like, I can't have Tintaglia, but I want Tintaglia, so we're just gonna do another blue dragon. I mean, are all blue dragons like this? No, because there's another blue dragon in their group, and she's not a total jerk face. Or he, whichever one it is. He. But... Yeah, he's yeah. Tala I think she just her. needs a little bit of therapy. I feel like she is having trouble processing the anger that she has about not being a full size mm. dragon, and she probably just needs to talk it out with somebody. But she doesn't have that right. Well, you now. know what? I'm not as tall and strong as beautiful as I want to be either. And you're I'm tall not like <laughs> compared to you. <laughs> you're yeah, so I tall. Think it's relative, isn't it? Melissa, how tall are you? I'm five four. Oh, and Rachel's like six feet. I'm five no. nine. No, Rachel. Oh my like... god, you're like six feet. <laughs> no, Rachel's like my my height, which is you know five seven, five eight, but like knows about yeah. heels. They're they're six amazing. Feet. No, I'm only five six. No, guys. I'm no, only like an inch and a half taller. I think you're a liar. Is what you are. Height. Again, she knows about heels. You put four inch <laughs> platforms on, you get tall quick. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, well, maybe Centara well, just needs to put on some fabulous platform heels and she'll feel so much better about herself. I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to say, look, I'm just not, people don't serve me the way that I want them to. <laughs> the I'm just going to be Centara. It's not the way that it, I'm, that it, I'm deserving of. I'm so, I'm a queen. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I hope that you demand uh, that your therapist call you Centara in all of your sessions. <laughs> she wouldn't tell she it. wouldn't tell them her real name no right no, that's yeah, too much name. power <laughs> you may call me sky ma sky ma but only if you write a poem first sky- and your therapist says sky ma is not the law i am the law <laughs> <laughs> perfect 
My therapist is Carl Urban. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to get repeat clients. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we need to cover for the prologue other than dragons are here and they are better than us, I guess. Everyone. I don't know. Have you seen a single gay dragon? <laughs> I rest my case. I mean, we haven't really talked about the sexual preferences of any of the dragons, so TBD. The only I mean, time outside we did of was Tintaglia. when the, the weird one got rapey and, like, Centaura was like, no. Centaura seems to think that all of the other dragons are beneath her, which I think <laughs> is so also funny. Into <laughs> she yeah, would not like, consider not only, mating not with any of human. them. No. No, they can't even fly. No. Asexual queen. <laughs> all right let's just do chapter one chapter one she says enthusiastically <laughs> poisoned my eyes are poisoned i never want to read again <laughs> i chose this chapter by accident yes and she Keep chose it and i immediately was, I was like accident. you know what chapter you chose no take back no, I, I thought she chose it so she could skip it the narrator is like no she did not <laughs> Uh, all right Only all of these characters were asexual instead you, you know in in my rendition you're not too far off <laughs> elise is slurping through the mud after leftrins she is feeling pensive scum holding her back from smooching story of her life so she dials up her bff sky ma real quick the phone rings nine times before the dragon answers elise asks do you read my thoughts? Do you know about my life? Do you feel my weird feelings? Elise, I literally don't care. My name is Centara, by the way. Oh, wow, what a nice name. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> Click, the phone line goes dead. She's amazing. She's my best friend, Elise thing. Time to go see what the brown dragon is dying of. <laughs> Apparently, it's parasites and predators for Relpda. Mercor tells Elise to go away when she asks about it. Man, this is not her day for dragons. And, just like my workplace promising me a bonus this year and then days later retracting it, Leftrin starts to take Elise's arm and then thinks better of it. She thinks, the spirit of Hest is literally here cock-blocking me. <laughs> <laughs> they have a conversation where they go back and forth, where each thinks that the other is talking about their relationship, but the other isn't when the other is, when finally Leftrin asks what they're going to do, and Elise says, I want to do what you want to do, when she really means my marriage is hell. It's dead to me. I want a kiss. But that backfires. And Leftrin says, well, you're married, so I guess that's that. Meanwhile, Cedric is meandering about on the deck. He thinks, sure is night out for a daytime. <laughs> Hunter boy Carson comes up and asks if he's okay, and Cedric replies, yeah, it's just weird that it's dark out, and then he looks directly at the sun. <laughs> but Carson says, let's sit you down, and sweeps Cedric up into his strong ginger arms and rests him on the deck. And while Carson goes to get him a little drinky, Cedric is picking up bad vibrations. 
are they from the universe? Does some higher power hate him for what he's done? Yeah, that's probably it. Carson returns with literally a Jamaica coffee cocktail with whipped cream, garnished with coffee beans and rose petals. How dare he? (laughs) Is that better, he asked. Better, Cedric demanded furiously and heard his voice more strongly. He blinked away tears and could see Carson crouched on the deck in front of him. His ginger beard was lighter than his unruly mop of hair. His eyes were not brown, but that much rarer black. He was smiling at Cedric, his head cocked a little to one side. What's wrong with me? Cedric asks. Carson says, I am not a doctor, but you sound gay, and orders him some terrible food from the galley. This is why these books are my favorites. Then the hunter's boy interrupts, and he keeps asking, what's wrong with Cedric? Something, something, boys, am I right? Something, something, you know what that's like. And Cedric says, no, I really don't. And then Carson gets up and passes behind him, puts a hand on his shoulder and whispers huskily into Cedric's ear, here's my number. And Cedric thinks, fuck, he knows I stabbed that dragon. (laughs) There there is an interlude here that is way too long about getting the bad snakes out of the dragons, and I don't want to talk about it. Surprise, Relta is the worst for snakes. Good for her. Hebe and Rapscal have a team himbo moment, and it's the only good thing that happens. It's so many pages. Um, Thymara is like, I am getting sick from watching all these snakes come out of dragons. And Centaur gets spinny eyes and then says, why don't you go hunting? Why don't you go follow Graft and Jerd? And then she looks out of the book directly into my eyes and says, the readers would love that. (laughs) Thymara does that very thing and goes tromping off into the woods and she finds absolutely nothing. (laughs) It would be laughable if she did find a single thing. And I guess she found Jurd and Greft standing at a respectable distance from each other, arguing about whether or not to make a lucrative business out of selling dragon bits in the future. Good talk. Um, remember how Relpa was the worst for snakes? Cedric feels that like a kick in the dick. Standing, and then crouching, and then kneeling, and keeling over alone on the deck of the tar man. Cedric passes on out. Finally, this round on bird mail. Trader family Delphin has embroidered their wedding invitations. Gotta have a shotgun wedding, Rainwild style, but they don't have shotguns there, so I don't know what they would call it. Maybe crossbow weddings. (laughs) 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 It's the best I could do with what I was given. All right, well, the content warning is fine, then. Yeah. No content. I mean, we're still going to discuss no that. Like, that. Yes. It There's never no existed. <laughs> so the content warning's on my chapter, because I very definitely bring it up. 
Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I did my best. Alyssa, I know you, you didn't really want this chapter, but I'm also glad you had it just for the whole severed part. <laughs> yeah, yes. oh, it was pretty good. It, it fell into the right hands. My feelings. <laughs> Why does Carson have black eyes and red hair? Does that happen? Because he's a dream. I guess. Oh, I don't oh, know. Okay. I mean, I guess anything is possible. Jeans. Whatever's rarest. To specifically I guess. attract Cedric. He's strong. You know, He's I like eyes. all of my lovers to have black dead shark eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like a he's like a ginger uh, beta Z. Is he just guy. like hallucinating? Is that what's going on? <laughs> um, yes, a lot. <laughs> tequila worm last night and it's getting crazy well is it is it cedric hallucinating or is it that cedric's like got relpta's um senses overlaying his own and she's like it's dark and i don't understand and i'm so (laughs) fucked up from like the blood loss and these parasites she's fucking dying and she's everything's easy and fucked up everything is dark i don't know it's closing in if they gave Relpta a second examination, they would come away like, this dragon's got a case of the gaze. <laughs> and about 10 or 15 snakes. <laughs> snakes on a gay. It's on a movie. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't want to know what actual real life parasite these things are because no, I'm horrifying. sure they're real I'm sure we could, this is an yes. animal we could google and look, look at cute pictures of the baby versions but we're not going to mm, do no. that at what stage would they be cute <laughs> <laughs> everything's cute if it's small enough sadly uh, I, I, I know <laughs> I know of at least one parasite that this could be nope. no no nope. 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 They're I'm not sorry that you size. know I'll that information. That. And yeah, me too. Yeah, please do not share. But yeah, if you love us, <laughs> that was uh. But yes, I am uh, animal husbandry. Remember, it's a category. So <clears throat> no one ever talks about animal wifery. <laughs> <laughs> the most upsetting thing about the parasite removal is that Thamara gets fucking parasite slash dragon blood gunk spewed into her on her face and her mouth it's fucking disgusting right and i'm thinking exactly about what happened to cedric and i'm like well okay he is it do you have to voluntarily drink the blood or does just any blood getting into your mouth i think it's any if you consume it i think it's any blood and like she's definitely got a case of like a wobbly crest coming out her fucking back um that comes up later yeah yeah so i mean but on 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 the whole like plot point toward her and selden hooking up because she's about to be an elderling so bang bang bangity bang well does that mean that you don't even need a dragon's permission to be an elderling you can just drink their blood well but typically they bestow that (laughs) gift upon a human to make them an elderling does that mean that they say drink of my blood and you are of me and I am of you and the bread and the wine? There's a whole ceremony. That sounds like Roman a- dragonism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, given like healthy dragons, it's very difficult to imagine any circumstance in which their blood is accidentally like spewed into a human's yeah. mouth. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
they're like those lizards that squirt blood out of their eyeballs sometimes. Like, meow, you scared me. <laughs> yeah, like if you if you think back to Ice Fire, they tried to dig in under his skit under his scales. Like he's half dead, has been for five hundred years, and they can't even get under his skin. So I think Which yeah, raises think the question like if Homeslice was able to use his fucking pocket knife on Brown Dragon and like tap but the Ralpta was in a bad way. That is a, a very bad yeah. way. And I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Ice Fire was super old and like frozen. Yeah, he was like emaciated and, and trapped and Yeah, but had had like five thousand years of life to like armor up. This dragon's like three years old and she's and... still growing and so maybe like they're they're maybe it's kind of like with turtle plates where they're not totally set because they still have to like grow and they they describe it's like a soft elena a dropping baby. that turtle plate knowledge <laughs> like i said my kid wants to be a herpetologist up I, to I... thymara's shoulder thymara's like 16 or whatever and eight feet tall real tall pretty short for a rain wilder i don't know i don't know it's all she is Basically, I got like she's horse sized, is what I got from the the the, the copper dragon is the size of a horse is what I got from that. That's a wee little like an Arabian, a wee like a small yeah. dragon. Whereas like it's like a miniature callow, uh, callow's <laughs> like much much bigger. I don't I don't rhino. I believe we established rhino. I'm going with size. elephant, it's still up for debate, but everybody pick their animal of their <laughs> you choosing. You can't fit an elephant in your. You can't fit an elephant Mama. in your. In your house. I mean, he wouldn't fit through the door, but it would fit in my living room if I dropped it in with a crane. <laughs> okay. I have eight foot right, ceilings. So, it's fine. So they have, they have, uh, they got, they, they learned that they have to check and that the, not only will the river eat away at you with its acid, but it will also eat away at you with its residents. So, which are terrifying <laughs> because apparently you don't even feel them like normal humans if they burrow in you. Yeah. No, oh like God. Mosquitoes. Yeah. They numb you, and then they, and I'm like, well, did they tell us that because it's gonna happen? Yeah, so, so horses can wear like these really cool like spandex suits, and it like prevents them from getting like sunburns and shit, and. Just make them for the dragons, and they can just wear these like really cool these spandex suits. These people barely suits. even and have their own clothing. How, where the, the fuck fans. are they going to get magical spandex suits for their dragons? <laughs> also, it has to be like river stubs wearing like sparkly spandex suits for their performances. Yeah, <laughs> would be cute. I just you know how they're straight for hair metal, okay? Yes, exactly, exactly. Because you know, it's like as soon as you get in the river, it's just like there's like these weird little lampreys burying themselves into you, and I'm like, no, not when no. I would be checking every two seconds that there wasn't something attached to me, like which I guess is like how gross. leeches work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, props to Rapscal and Hebe. He's like, I run Hebe down every day from head to toe. She has no parasites. <laughs> Come on, Hebe, stomp our full body rub down. I also hear him in that accent. Yeah. <laughs> so far, Hebe's having the best time. And he's the best dragon. And she, she kind of has dragon. the best owner. I mean, yeah, I'm not. not I'm not keeper. convinced that uh, that Rapscall isn't the best of the uh, dragon keepers. Mm-hmm. He knows his business. Well, even even Thymara has admitted he's not actually simple. He's just like. Um, you know, kind of 
different. And he chooses happiness, which is important. Mm-hmm. And that is an underrated quality in a person or a prospective mate or a dragon keeper. So speaking of business. Mm-hmm. We don't. <laughs> Cedric, no. Bodies touched. Oh, God. What is oh. happening? What's happening? No. <laughs> no, turn that off. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. <laughs> it was a Wednesday. Nobody just, touches. I'm, Look, I have to say, I'm so fucking traumatized by all the rest of these goddamn books and their rapiness. I'm so happy that it was Jerd and it was consensual and it wasn't like Fainara yeah. and Greft being like a fucking total creeper and getting awful. So. Yeah, and I don't know exactly how old Jerd is, but I think it was probably consensual teen sex. Teen sex happens all the time. Yeah. Do I want to read about it? Except that to get my jaw like, not I'll know, but guy, like it yeah. happens and it's okay. I think she's probably at least Tymara's age, if not yeah. older. A little bit older. I mean, Greft is still Maybe like 17. Older, but... Right. We will acknowledge that for us, it's probably a little bit, ugh, but for them, it is a normal age. They're Rainwilders. They do everything early. So... And poor Tamara. They were down like, to just fucking... their socks. I mean, come on. What do you expect? <laughs> In their pants and shirts. Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, why you know, this is this is Centara trying to manipulate Thymara by what? I I like don't understand the plan. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know either. if she like is trying to wake up Thymara's like possessiveness or like, you know, sort of female like competitiveness or like um because it's oh. like, oh look, she's doing that guy I don't like. So what does this have to do with me? <laughs> right. Or maybe it's like, well, if they're doing it, you can do it. So yeah. find the one you do like and then do it. That's that's what I saw it as because she sees Thymara lacking queenly qualities, and that queenly quality <laughs> is she doesn't take what she Being wants. Being horny, girl, you need to get. Well, late. and also she needed a little sex ed, and this was an op- This was like she's like, oh, okay, that's how it works. All right, you get it, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just... I mean, not as not as traumatizing as it could have been, but also just kind of like the staring and then the I know you're looking and that part <laughs> unnecessary. Yeah, yeah that part <laughs> totally unnecessary. Like it was, it was awful enough that she that she was caught in that like I can't look away and like I'm having tingly feelings and like it's kind of like when you find your parents' copy of The Joy of Sex and you're like, oh god, <laughs> like my parents have this book, but I can't look away, <laughs> and I want to know what's in this. Like it's like it was like that. They, Jared didn't have to see her. She could. Then your crept... parents read it to you. No, no. that's the part where you. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm just saying like your first exposure it's kind of compelling and you kind of can't look away and mm-hmm. you know so I don't it was blame her at all for not looking away and I, she's a teenager well, I don't blame her. totally sheltered her parents told her she's never even allowed to think about what sex is and then she saw somebody doing it in the wild literally like 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm not saying it's not compelling. I'm saying it is. And like, that's why she didn't look away, even though she was kind of uncomfortable. But like, why did, why did she have to be seen to have like, yeah. You know, what was that well, extra part? Yeah. Why, why well, was that necessary? That's, that's setting it up for later for fucking blue face reptile man to be like, Oh, I saw you watching this. You want my hot bod? We can do that too. I mean, that's how I saw it, but. <laughs> Throw his leather jacket into the river. <laughs> but yeah, she has to. I think you're right. I think this is more about the fact that Saimara is still operating by all these rules, all these restrictions, and a true dragon queen has no restrictions. There are no rules that hold her. She's got to break free. I don't know why she needs to prove herself to Centara. I think Centara needs to prove herself to herself first. But deflection is a useful <laughs> like tactic when you know you don't necessarily enjoy your life. So uh, I think that's why that happened. Um, and now we go to Cedric, who is obviously suffering from his dose of Ralpta blood his his E.T. and Elliot connection with Ralpta is developing and we <laughs> that's have that's not all it's developing <laughs> yeah and and we have Carson who you know is 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 becoming a compelling character and has great gaydar yeah I think it's yes. interesting yes. seeing the way that you guys write Relpta now because in the audiobook it was voiced as Relpter, which I was like, oh, that's obviously oh, really? Shriver. Huh. Relpter, Shriver. Yeah, that makes sense. Ah. Uh, but so I don't know if that's maybe like was Shriver spelled Shriva? I don't know. Like no, no. no. Shriver was spelled with a V E R, and then Relpta is spelled with a you know D A. But that's yeah. that's interesting that maybe the voice actor intentionally like yeah. did that yeah, maybe. parallel. Like she had the same theory. Did I that did. like weird R shift that yeah. you sometimes hear with the with that A vowel and certain accents. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's as soon as I heard that, I was immediately like, oh yeah, it's Shriver. But yeah, now I see. If I had seen it written out, I wouldn't have been like. That's the audio book is so helpful. Yeah, I guess so. It really has been such such a helpful like touchstone for us throughout this Maybe whole project. I, and I'm not an audiobook I, listener and so I'm I'm glad that you're doing Yeah, that. no, it is it's certainly interesting, especially when these nice little tidbits come in, but also like oh, yeah. I yeah, I need I need the extra help, so <laughs> so you can cut your grass multitasking mm -hmm. <laughs> i can only do one task at a time i listen to ariana grande when i cut my grass <laughs> <laughs> did i miss anything unless we want to talk about more about cedric or carson or carson who does come up later in my section too oh yes yeah we got a lot more carson we got we got more He's one of those characters that came in late, but I think was very necessary for to mitigate the teenage points of view. 
Yes. <laughs> Carson, unlikely voice of reason. <laughs> Carson, normal human being. <laughs> He's Carson, everybody's dad. <laughs> everybody's daddy. daddy. <laughs> the son of Car. It is every- it is interesting <laughs> because all we we've got so many teens and they're all like you can't understand me and that's like a normal teen thing except that they are not normal teens so like you literally can't understand them <laughs> so it's just too it's too much all the time well you can if you're also a rainwilder if you're a rainwilder parent and your teenagers like oh my hands are claws i have waddles they're like yeah so do i <laughs> Do your homework. <laughs> does, does Carson have scales? Because I don't remember him. Um, Cedric did not notice any. Just his. Is that just because he was too blinded eyes. by his beautiful black his eyes? Black, black eyes. He's and got black eyes. Yeah, I guess his hair. eyes could be. And wondering if the the. the I think he has swirl? a beard, so there could be some stuff mm. under the beard, kind of yeah. like how Lester yeah, has stuff has under beard. his beard. Yeah. A chin. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy All the right. fact that Cedric just has like no idea that he's... Oh my god, Cedric is such. <laughs> he's, just... he's just like, I stabbed a dragon. I stabbed a dragon. Oh my god. Well, the para- I think the paranoia is like the drug effect, really. Like, mm-hmm. it seems to I be. I still don't think he would get him. it, even if he was. Even if he wasn't. Like, sober. Even if he hadn't. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, no. he, he clearly didn't pick up on it with Hest until Hest you know picked up on it with him so well i think if if dragons are like basically telepathic and you've got all these people around relta being like "Mm, i could totally farm that animal's carcass for like stuff and sell it for money i'd be paranoid too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's interesting that we don't get more point of view from the dragons like thinking about that and hearing it because there's got to be at least two or three people that are just constantly thinking about making some money and yep. all we got all we've got is the uh at least melkor is right but all we've got is centara and she's like well I could, uh, he's just gonna I hear all this shit from the people. Gonna I know, like I'm going to keep correcting. Well, I don't, I don't care what they say. I don't want people to write in and, and tell us that, you know, we're pronouncing names wrong. Like we... First off, it's an upgrade because Melkor is the baddest, the baddest bee that ever batted. <laughs> so it's really an honor. <laughs> um, I mean, he's yeah, like, he's I, like know, obviously think, worried about it, but Centara is just like, I don't give a shit about what you flies think. Yeah, there's like definitely like a difference in pack status. I know like dragons aren't necessarily pack animals, but it seems like, you know, because Malkin had taken responsibility for the tangle, that Mercor is also taking responsibility for whatever we've decided the stub <laughs> to. <laughs> To take responsibility <laughs> for that. So, the I think that Centara would hate us for calling them stubs. I'm sure she'd hate us for a lot <laughs> well, of reasons. Well, you know what? 
Centara is welcome to come to my house and talk to me. About Ooh, it. <laughs> can she fit in your living room? She couldn't That's be bothered. That's a challenge. No. <laughs> I live in New York. She cannot fit in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> chapter two, Ashley. Chapter two, tricky currents. The chapter opens with Cedric, who is having a bad dream about that shitbag Hest, who is telling him he's too soft and pathetic, and then is getting hot and steamy with a pouty-lipped harlot redding. He jerks awake to a voice asking, <laughs> They hurt you? Shall I kill them? Which is just another endearing blasé mention of casual murder in this book. We should take a shot every time it comes up. <laughs> Cedric is in a self-worth spiral, and I wish he'd realize that being away from Hest is the best thing for him. Elise comes to check on Cedric because he's been holed up in his tiny room, and she very kindly says it smells close, which means it really smells like rotting flesh cheese in there. <laughs> it turns out little Davy has been enabling him to stay in his room by bringing him meals and annoying him with dull teenage boy stories. Elise tells him to get out of his little box, but Cedric is content to wallow in his paranoia, knowing that drinking the dragon blood is making him hear alien thoughts in his head. Elise, caring too much for this loser, offers to end the whole trip and turn back, and, but Cedric declines, stating that there aren't any five-star hotels on the way down the river, and he can't possibly camp that much, and oh yeah, the autumn floods as well. To which Elise says, okay, thanks, because I was, wasn't done flirting with Leptron anyways. Bye! And on her way out, Cedric notes how bleached her hair is and dark her freckles are, and he's so generally grossed out by her that he's certain Hest won't ever take her back. And then I think to myself, one could only hope. He starts daydreaming about eloping to the Spice Islands with Hest, and oh yeah, it just seems so cozy and lovely, and then it's all spoiled as he loses a grip on his thoughts, and suddenly he's waist deep in the river water, trudging along, and she's hurting from her wounds, but for once Cedric does something good and encourages her along the way. Turns out drinking dragon blood is a psychedelic mind meld trip, you guys. Uh, we switch over to Elise's point of view in the galley of the Tarmen with Leftrin and the snake-faced evil hunter Jess. She alerts Leftrin that she and Cedric will be continuing on, and he feels a tingling sensation in his pants. Elise says she kind of <laughs> thought. <laughs> Elise says she kind of thought people were exaggerating about the boggy expanse of the Rainwilds and asks if they'll ever find dry land. Leftrin is all, I don't know, and then Elise suggests everyone gets a tar pedicure because yeah, it's self-care Saturday. Let's pop that rosé. And at the end of the delicious, <laughs> at the thought of delicious toenail clippings, which I gagged just saying that, old Snakey Jay gets real excited. And he's like, yeah, pedicures, let's do it. Wink, wink. And Leptin is like, hey, man, not cool. We are not toenail collectors here. And then they proceed to talk around their secret mission. And Elise is just oblivious and it's annoying. And finally, Leptin yells and tells Snakey to get the fuck out and go hunting. And Elise is totally turned on by her brutish protector. Swoon. So we jump over to Leftrin's point of view. <laughs> Elise is all, what just happened? And Leftrin is like, everything will be fine. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't like pedicures? It's okay. Not everyone does. And to shut her up, he pulls her into a hot, steamy, forbidden hug. That's right. We've got chest to chest touching you guys. Hey, yo. It's too, much. too hot for the hot tub. Triple X. <laughs> then Leftrin snaps out of it and uses Tarman as an excuse to bolt. Tarman is a little off at the moment, though, feeling guilty for how amazing he is with all that extra wizard wood, but Leftrin assures him he's a good pup, and it's all worth it. And as a thank you, Tarman starts bustling along the river at a faster clip, wagging his tail with love, and Leftrin lights a pipe and ponders his predicament, just as spreading his bad ideas to Greft and the possibility that, um, and possibly other dragon keepers, and he wants to butcher a dragon, and he wants Leftrin to take part in the deal and whisk them all away to Fair Chalced, where he can live in harmony with his lady lover. 
rut row. So what should a man do in this situation? Well, you offer rum sacrifice to L, and then you decide to casually murder Jess. Of course. His body count will be up to two, but it's totes worth it. He needs to win him over a little, though. Make it look like an accident. But we've all seen enough Dateline to know he can 100% get away with it. I hope he goes for it. But his thoughts are broken as the Tarman gives him a heads up. It's a quick! Ah! JK, the trees drop some dead bird's nests, but everyone is fine. And hopefully the river doesn't go white and burn the flesh off of all the dragons. Lefton and Elise start discussing where they are going. Where they are now. Is Kelsinger even real? Lefton tries to mansplain history to Elise, and she tells him, Oh, golly, thanks, I've been searching for my brain all this time. And she asks Lefton, why the hell did he come on this trip at all if he lacks any confidence that they'll find the ancient Elderling City? And he says, you wanted to go. You wanted me to go. It was a way to be with you, even if only for a time. And Elise and Tarman both turned into the hard-eyed emoji. Auga. <laughs> and then he rests his hand on her hand that is on Tarman, and hearts start falling from the sky. And then in bird talk, it's just a booty call that says, you up? <laughs> so what do you guys think about the romance between Leftrin and Elise? So titillating. Forbidden love, slow burn. No. I mean, slow burn. It could I be love slower. The slow burn. It could yeah. be slower. <laughs> yes, it could be. I like I'm the I well I'm the I'm the weeb that likes the anime where they never end up dating. The, yes. You get the whole you get the whole <laughs> you get the whole slow burn up until the point where you think they might be dating and then they never it never happens. That's I mean I just watched two seasons worth of a K drama in which she dates three men and only kisses one on episode. No, 18. I'm not. I'm not even talking about. You never get there. You never get to That's the. That's too fast. That never fucking happens. You just think about that, it. I can't. That, that, I can't. That's that's my kind of slow burn. Oh, no way. That's High not a five. slow burn. We that's a non-existent burn. That's just. You know yes. that. You know the. You know the European cut of Pride and Prejudice 2005, where they kiss at Pemberley at the end. No. That's the superior cut of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's really I think it's really sweet. Um and I actually like it as a as a romance because like obviously with Elise, she's very sheltered and she has basically been around, you know, three men, which is her father and then her asshole husband and um Cedric who's cuckolding her. And so, you know, like she's really, she's, she is at high risk of that whole, well, no man's ever actually been nice to me or courted me or like wanted me or liked me. And that can be a really dangerous place. And so I'm actually, I am enjoying their romance because it is so slow and it is so like they're like he, like Lefton's obviously like very taken with her and it's very sincere and so it's like, oh, okay, this is actually like legit, and it's he's not being skeevy, and she's not she's not being stupid. Like it's like actually she just happened to meet a guy who can appreciate her out in the wild, and you know, let's I'm, right. I'm, I'm rooting for him. And we've 
we've talked about this before how there are a lot of romance tropes kind of sprinkled throughout all mm-hmm. the realm of the elderlings books and i think that the fact that we get both points of view of each of these characters which is a oh, trope it's in romance, such a romance trope <laughs> and and it is important because yes. we know that he's sincere and we know that she's sincere and so we don't have to worry yeah. about whether or not they're using each other we we just root for them yes exactly yeah and that's and that's part of like why romance does both points of view so that you can have that sort of trust even if the character doesn't trust it yet and does, maybe doesn't have a reason to trust it yet you the reader can and so right. like you can buy into the story and just enjoy like the way it plays out rather than you having to be worried like and on their behalf they're really they are they do have a chaperone in Tarman who mm-hmm. who's <laughs> you know really just like endorsing this whole thing and if the boat wants it who are we <laughs> To resist. I mean, yeah, I mean sort right. of. He seems like a pretty. The ship is literally shipping. <laughs> the ships are always shipping. Remember uh, Ophelia? Yeah, yeah, totally. The ships they are the biggest shippers. <laughs> They're the biggest shippers. Most important. They're like dragon, dragon glamour, except they've been infused with human memories, and so they care about you know human mating lives. Cedric is in his weird smelly hole. <laughs> I just want to like, I want to like lay the scene, right? So we've got the plank of wood that is the Charman. And then in the back of the with plank the googly of wood, eyes. with the googly eyes, in the back of the plank of wood is like a kind of like nice-ish room. Um, most of that is the galley. And then the other part is the captain's you know little his where where the the pillow sniffing area (laughs) then out on out on the deck are these like horse stalls barely really barely rooms at all and one of those has gone to cedric for his use so this is uh, there's like 40 people on this boat and three bedrooms (laughs) so And Cedric gets his own just to stay in there by himself and stink it up. Yeah, and you know what? That's fine, because he was in, like, the area where the the rest of the crew is, which I assume is somewhere behind the galley, where they have all their hammocks, and where Swarge and his wife have their little sheet up for their own marital privacy. So much privacy. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? They probably have, like, the view off the back of the boat, really, so... That's... I thought they were in a room as well. No, they no, have a fucking it, sheet. They, they have a sheet. She sewed it herself. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, I meant the whole crew was in a room. I kind of envisioned them in like a walls. shanty. Yeah, I yeah. Because there's no like bottom. Like you can't go down. Like all of the cargo that Tarman carries is like strapped to. The no, deck. I know that. I just I yeah. envisioned the, the like the. The room area of Tarman in three parts. There's like the captain's room, and then the galley, and then the crew. I envisioned it right, as but then like there's these other two little rooms he made. Uh, like a three-sided room. Like yeah. the front of it is all open, and then it's like sides and a back. Yeah, yeah, and it probably looks off into like maybe your privacy is really like as long as there's no one on shore. You have privacy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as there's not a boat next to you or Charman is not staring at you or <laughs> it's, it's not, not a drug on situation no no 
but it's not also it's also like not really a private life yeah <laughs> like yeah i mean it's a group life if you're, it's a group separa- living if you're separated situation. by a sheet like i mean it's great that they can't watch they can still hear it jesus <laughs> they can hear it slapping that <laughs> that's together. way more traumatizing that is way more traumatizing by the uh, way for sure not hear it much rather not hear it you get that oh, churning like... you just go you know what tar man can you just churn the water a little bit more <laughs> more bubbles please like turn nice... up the jets <laughs> <laughs> find the densest wad of mosquitoes <laughs> just like run us through that's all anybody can hear it's the uh the myriad <laughs> find the myriad like get her in i mean it's really it's not that many people swarge and his wife who's bellin i believe yes, bellin something bellin. like that mm-hmm. um skelly the niece and yeah, that's the niece and the heir and the captain. And there's so it's really not that many. Well, there's big and either. Big either. Yeah, there's... there's. Oh right, big either. I mean, there's. I think there's like a total like ha- like half a dozen crew, and I don't know whether that includes Leftron or not. So there's at least like you know two or three onlookers besides uh, uh, like or not onlook, but you know what I mean, like oh, on listeners. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that's that. That's the layout of the tar man. Mm. Why we established? <laughs> so I'm trying to draw it right so back now. To Cedric and his smelly hole. <laughs> and Cedric and his smelly hole. Now, do you think he's upwind or downwind? Because I know, like on like re- real, I went to the maritime museum in Salem and got to like look at the ships, right? And they basically just have little hole toilets. And not even off the back of the boat. Most of the time off the front of the boat, which I thought was counterintuitive. Which then you have to, like, go over the shit that you just shat? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Any deck can be a poop deck if you just imagine. (laughs) I feel like it would all come down to, like, the logistics of a boat. Like, where do you keep the cargo? If you always keep it at the back of the boat, then your toilet has to go at the front of the boat. You know? Like. Right, right. I don't know how to pack a barge, so I can't really comment. Well, yeah, I don't either. I'm just trying to think of all the places that are needed on this plank of wood, and it seems like it's a... He seems not like a big boat, so really... I sent you my diagram. It's extremely accurate. Oh, God. hot boxes that you stick someone in in like Mad Max. <laughs> it makes the boat far less charming. You don't you have so many things obstructing your view. Yeah, where's I all know. the cargo? It's not important. <laughs> it's car gone. And then he's got all those he's got like all the, like the little rowboats and canoes strapped to him too. Like Charman is working hard. Mm-hmm. Can you make he's... me add more to this? Hold on. Continue. I'll draw. <laughs> um, I don't. Is that Ashley? Is that everything from that chapter? I mean, I feel like I covered everything in the chapter. Yes, Cedric is smelly. There's romance in the air. The little kid is obsessed with Cedric and toenail clippings. That's pretty much it. All right, yeah, money, money, money by the pound. I think we got, we got. I really, cut. really want Leftrin to murder Jess, and I hope he just fucking goes for it. A little stabby stab, toss him in the river. Peace. 
Better yet, feed him to a dragon. Yeah. Feed him I mean, to... Yeah. Why let that meat go to waste? Feel like he was trying to kill you. Smart. I'm almost done. I think you're really gonna like it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I've adopted some things from Ashley's last chapter. Oh my god, I better have hard eyes. <laughs> The Triman is powered by their love. <laughs> he kind of is. <laughs> love is what keeps her in the air. But all the dragons are kind of powered by love. Like, the more you compliment them and tell them you love them, the like mm. more stronger they get. They're like little Care Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Care Bears. Kelsingra, the, uh, the other name for Carolot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it does have hard eyes. Oh my god, wait, it posted? Nobody told me. <laughs> I love it. Do you like Elise's hair? I, I was like gonna say, hair. her hair is. <laughs> looks sun bleached. <laughs> I thought it was like so bitchy of Cedric to be like, Oh my god, she's wearing so those rude. trousers and her hair's all frayed. Ew. Her hair's all bleached by the sun and her freckles are dark. No man could ever want to touch her. And I'm like, Left you know what, like, fucker? sign me up. Pew, pew, just, pew. Just because he doesn't want to. Mirror. Like, right? I hope. Like, he projects more than anybody I've ever fucking encountered. In I just a book. love it when men. This is a side note, but I just love it when men are like, these are my standards for women. And meanwhile, they themselves are like disgusting well, trolls. Well, Cedric drank and just... fucking dragon blood, so he's about to turn into some squirrely looking motherfucker, and I cannot wait for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair to Cedric, like, it was actually part of his character that he is super fucking prissy and careful about what he looks like yes. until he, like, acts. Until he gets depressed. <laughs> until he gets depressed, and then it, it just, like, dark. you know. Yeah. So, you know, like, in that sense, like, okay, fair, I guess that's a, you know, I mean, it's shitty to be, like, judgmental, but I guess he w wasn't holding her to standards he didn't hold himself to. But it's so. just, like, it's, like, stuff that you can't, it's just, like, oh, my God, the sun bleached your hair. And I'm, like, yeah, the sun bleaches everyone's yeah, hair. And also, Women like, don't have a special power that we can use her right to now. keep ourselves beautiful for you. Yeah. Leftron, and he's into it. Yeah, I mean, there's, like... <laughs> 10 people who are all in the same boat. The only reason he doesn't have sun bleached hair is because he locked himself in his fucking cabin all this time. Like a fucking jerk. Yeah, and he smells like a fucking ball sack. Right? No. <laughs> he smells way worse than that. He, smell he smells like fucking chicken soup that got left on the counter for a week in the middle of summer, okay? <laughs> and you know what? be like, this is normal. And Elise is just like, oh, it smells close. I'm concerned for you. Do you need help? And in, in his mind, he's like, oh my god, you're hideous. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, I might be Cedric ugly, like... but I don't smell like flesh cheese. I'll see you later. <laughs> well, Cedric has also really internalized like the misogynistic fashion standards of Bingtown, which is our ladies never leave the house and, you know, uh, don't have any color anywhere in on their face or body. Yes. So. Yeah. And I enjoy a woman who enjoys a pantaloon. You know what? Yeah. Palazzo pants are my favorite fucking thing to wear. I hope she wears her wide leg pants all day, every day. Yeah. 
And I hope she lets her hair in that drawing because that's fine. That's how hair works. I should have made it carrot orange. Just how it was described. <laughs> Carrots, just like Anne. I just like their little hard eyes as they stare at each other, and then Tarman's exactly. hard eyes. He's looking you should, at the you know, the only thing that's missing is the stink lines coming out of Cedric. <laughs> I can keep going after my chapter. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll send another update you can three. post. Okay. All right. Chapter three, first kill. Speaking of casual murder, um, <laughs> this time it's only fish. Uh, so let's see. Fortunately, the dragon keepers are used to earthquakes, so we're moving on from that quickly for the moment. But it does give Thamar the opportunity to observe that the dragons have been changing and growing and developing secondary colors. So hooray, more content for poetry later. Anyway, back at camp, Graft and Jord are sneaking off to the woods together one at a time, Jord bidding Thamara specifically a good night, and she is blushing under her scales, she's so embarrassed, and so she immediately makes her excuses to go to bed. To which Rapskull, of course, replies that he'll be along shortly. Um, so, this, so this sends her into another crisis tailspin, where she ponders if Graft can really change the rules, and... Uh, what that means. And having been a bystander, she briefly considers reporting the incident to HR manager Leftrin, but decides <laughs> against it because the dragon keepers are really writing their own handbook. And can you tell that I did have to do my sexual harassment training course at work today? <laughs> 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 it's very tedious. Um, when Rapskull finally does come to bed for a snuggle, she thinks about waking him up to do more than cuddle, then decides not to give him to peer pressure just yet. So, in the morning, Thaimara goes fishing and has some dragon glamour nudged company in Elise, who is lonely because Cedric is still self-quarantining. On their stroll upriver, they attempt to make small talk and realize that despite their many differences, they are more alike than they think. They both realize they try and hate people before they can hate them first. Um, <laughs> Thaimara also Dang. confides in her about Graft and Jared, and Elise is somewhat scandalized, but recovers quickly to ask if they intend to get married. So Tamara tries to explain to her how much life sucks for those heavily marked by the Rainwilds. Also along the way, Tamara discovers, discovers the joy of teaching, and Elise discovers the joy of learning basic life skills as she makes her first kill. It's a really big fish that may or may not be poisonous, so they resolve to ask Encyclopedia Mercor about it later. He's the most open about all things dragon and elderling, explaining once to Elise that they live in some kind of symbiosis, but he refuses to really elaborate further. So then they go after another fish, but it's too big for them, and it's thrashing around wildly, so Thamara grabs Tats' spear to stab it, and soon everyone is running over to join them, including Sintara, whose method of helping is just grabbing the fish herself and flinging Thamara out of the way with her wing. <laughs> so her keeper almost drowns, you know, whatever. Well, she would have if Morkor hadn't lumbered down the beach like a Baywatch lifeguard to rescue her. <laughs> He drops her onto the muddy beach, and then everyone is fussing over her, much to her annoyance. She distracts them by asking about the fish, which is apparently some kind of stingray that Centaur tries to claim for herself, because without her help, they would have lost it, so obviously she'd be hers. Thaimara points out that she nearly killed her in the process, and Centaur basically shrugs and all just, like, whatever about it. And so in that moment, Thaimara learns the true meaning of heartbreak. And the dragons kind of suck. So she stalks off to give her the silent treatment and herself a timeout. Elise watches her go sadly, followed by Centara also storming off in huff like a stroppy teenager. When the water and sand settle, the rest of the crew get down to fish business. Murkor says the red belly fish is only safe for dragons, but is poisonous for humans, which is good to know. He also says that these fish are from 
the Great Blue Lake, and I'm wondering if it has any relation to Flu Lake in the Sixtuches, or people only know how know like one way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this Great Blue Lake is the mother of the Rainwild River and is near Kelsingra, sort of as a dragon flies. And Leftrin takes this as a sign that they're going the right way, as he tells at least to go change out of her wet clothes before the river water eats her. So we then cut to Centara, who has sent herself to her room without supper in protest of stupid humans, wishing that they could just fulfill their own needs instead of looking to others, especially her. Unfortunately, she's fairly connected to Thamara because of that bit of blood spattered on her during that parasite snake ordeal, and she comments that she had no desire to create an elderling. Hmm. She also has no desire to get attached to something that's going to die soon anyway, and it sounds like somebody needs to go to therapy for their abandonment issues. <laughs> and also that Thim- that Centara is more like Thimara and Elise than she would ever care to admit. Anyway, Thimara is crying, and Centara kind of hates her for it, and she tries to tell her that there's no crying and dragon keeping, <laughs> and puts up a <laughs> keep-out sign outside the door to her thoughts. In bird mail, the news of the day is that Tozi has sent 25 birds as well as payment from tr- the Treehog Council for 300 weight sacks of the good yellow peas on the live ship Golden Down because they have finally persuaded the council of the value of pigeon fine dining. Also, that Tarman foolishly did not take any messenger birds with them, so there's no news, no news of Elisa's at work. I can't believe we forgot to talk about how... At the end of the last chapter, Eric was like, so, um, I might be making a trip to the Rainwilds. Oh, yeah. You want to meet up? You up? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, shriek. I was like, oh, my God, go, Eric! Yes! <laughs> and then, like, you know, just back to business, and I'm like, is Detozi, like, stonewalling him, or is there, like, messages we're not seeing? <laughs> That one was sent separately. I paid, Eric, right. I paid for this one. <laughs> I I love that. That basically Centara is also a teenager, right? Like, mm. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> we thought that the serpents were the teenage portion of the life cycle, but it's not. Not at all. They're almost like entirely different people. Except for Merkvor. But isn't that weird that they like like in their different life cycles? It's like it's like the butterfly, the caterpillar, and the butterfly, right? They are completely different entities. You know, like mm-hmm. you get to start over. You get to have a, a different personality based on whoever spit mingled with yours. What if it's someone who sucks? What if it's like you're what if you're like a serpent and you're like not that dragon? That dragon is just so annoying and then that's the spit that they use to help you along. <laughs> and then you got to be like half that dragon. <laughs> I guess you don't really have a choice who you're related to. I guess that's the test. Now. That's the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Love that's you. why there's fam that's why there's kin and then family of the heart and they're not the same. <laughs> and Murkor is just out there like, please <laughs> everyone listen to me and be my family. I just want to be a dragon dad. <laughs> Murkor is the great connector and yeah, he does have that big dad energy. I love Murkor. <laughs> Yeah, I think he might be the only dragon I like. He's the head of the band. 
He does always seem, like, tired, though, and kind of, like, a little grumpy about it. And I can't, like, does he really enjoy being He's exasperated, Dad. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to be away from the, like, base level of only caring about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you I ever met know. an old soul who wasn't, like, kind of grumpy about it? I mean, besides me. Like, I think I'm the only one who's not like that. <laughs> But I think that I think that you're right. I think like it's like in order to care about others, you have that's a responsibility that you take on yourself, and it is stressful. Mm-hmm. And he's decided that that's a stress he's taking on himself because they're the last. They're it. Those are the, for all they know, Tintaglia will never successfully lay eggs. Like they have to try. They have to try to survive and like be the best versions of themselves that they can be. Mm-hmm. This is a scrappy little bottleneck that their their species will either make it through or it won't. I really I feel like Robin Hobb watched a lot of Turtles Hatch. <laughs> you know, just like look at them go. <laughs> look at them trying to survive. So small, ocean so big. Uh, what else happened? Jackson. Was anybody else a little disappointed that the giant fish turned out to be just like a ray? But like a big I, one. Yeah, I thought maybe it was going to be like Not an like a special fish? Like a special crazy rain wild fish. Remember, a stingray... Well, there was a special fish that had a red belly and it's poison. Didn't a stingray kill that one famous zoologist guy? Steve? Yeah. So they're dangerous. I mean, they are. I just thought it would be, like, toothier. I don't know. Well, the real danger was Centara throwing Paimara into the <laughs> That was really rude Girl's of her. She's gonna learn her size. That was super rude of her. And she's gonna have to, like, learn how to deal with that kind of shame. How that she's not grateful. She's an ingrate. She's not grateful to, the, to those that are taking care of her. And sacrificing so much of their lives nope. to help her survive. Centara. Although, like, what would Tintaglia do? Probably that. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like she's not, like, not living up to the mantle. <laughs> it's like, maybe that's why she's so shitty is because it's Tintaglia's spit. I mean, honestly, maybe. <laughs> Centaur just angling to someday depose. Tintaglia as like the prettiest mm. queen. She's definitely got like life. a beefy vibe with her for sure. She's like there can't be more than one blue queen. But you know what? Tintaglia's got it rough <laughs> because her only mate option right now, whether she wants it or not, is like a is an emaciated half tattered <laughs> old man who yeah we don't even know if he's snakes. cool or not like he might be a total shitbag <laughs> i mean we know he was depressed enough to he's just yeah he was just an yeah, icicle he, to us he just like put himself on ice for like a thousand years like that's boring he didn't even try to like be a pirate <laughs> or 
He didn't go pirate? back. Definitely. Yeah, like pick a direction. <laughs> pick a direction off the sea and just go and see what's at the end of the world. You know, he like didn't even, he's just like, no, I'm going to bury myself. He did. He found a glacier and sat down for like a thousand years. No, I mean, I get what you mean. He, he was like, uh, life sucks. I'm going to kill myself. And instead of doing anything else, but. I mean, he may have tried other pirate? things first. Like a dragon, <laughs> a dragon pirate could fucking dominate. Okay? It's like an attitude, not an occupation. I mean, look, look at a, look at fucking a live ship. Um, you know that the paragon. Well, El- no, that used to be Althea's ship. Oh, uh, Vivacia. Um, Vivacia, yeah, pirate queen. You know, bolts. Like dragons, pirates kind of go together. They're into it. Uh, yeah, Bolt. you know, you just you just go on. You know, you just bolt. Take- you take that back. <laughs> you you think about like Tintaglia and on um, somebody else thought of like the deserts like the the deserts that they used to like fly across just find it go there <laughs> and exfoliate all you want yeah just find the deserts maybe I don't know there, remember, there was like a, a whole thing of Tintaglia was like we used to fly somewhere we used to <laughs> Bury ourselves in the hot sand and roll around and can't do it anymore. Sand. <laughs> I'm just saying that Tintara has more options. Like Murkor is kind of a stud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Murkor would be into her. <laughs> No, yeah. I don't think so either. She seems way too high maintenance. She kind of sucks. <laughs> well, yeah. Plus, I feel like if he was gonna, he's it was gonna be one of his his two best friends, right? Yeah, that's why he's so into like we gotta save Relta, Relta over here. You guys are really into this whole Relta Shriver thing, Relter, Relta. Yeah. Well. well I'm pr- like none of the other personalities are even like close, and we don't really know her personality yet because all we've gotten from Cedric is that she's like hungry and confused and like despairing. I mean, I don't I know. Like... I kind of would have believed Shriver was Relpter's personality, or not Relpter. Sorry, uh, Shriver was uh, Centara. I kind of. I, yeah, but we know I, that 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 she was Sanarqua, so yeah. Sir Sanarqua, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We, I know, but <laughs> I, I kind of, I kind of would have believed that if you had told me those two were the really. Same. I always felt like Shriver was always very morose and needed a lot of like, like she was definitely she, a follower. Yeah, like, she, she looked had... to to Malk, to to Malkin a lot and was like, yeah. maybe I'm thinking of Shriver's friend. Well, I just Cecilia. feel like the way I know, Cecilia. like Murkor says he's watching over her because she's one of the few females left and all that. But I think that there's more to it. Like he does seem he's like very obsessed with her and like blocking everybody out and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it would make sense if it was his longtime friend. Um. Okay. Can we do chapter four, please? Okay. Uh, chapter four, Blue Ink, Black Rain. The chapter opens with Elise sitting in the galley in elderly lingerie, getting approving winks from Bellin, who has become a friend and offers sage advice like, 
A vain wild man cannot wait forever unless he is willing to let his life go by him, and seems to think Elise is about to make the sort of choice a rain wild woman would approve of. The slinky robe was offered by Leftrin when her own clothing was too rough for the blisters from the river water, and it's definitely bringing all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Leftrin comes in and asks if she'll tell him what she's written today, and what's this giant portfolio she carries around everywhere? Oh, you know, just a copy of every el elderling scroll and map I ever got my hands on. Leftrin proves the value of getting out of the ivory tower and cross-referencing your subject areas by being able to tell her in one glance the, quote, indecipherable... A uh, map is a river chart that indicates currents and channels. Elise is out of blue ink, the only proper color for adding the proper credit for the insight, and goes to Cedric's room to borrow some and check on him. We switch to Cedric's point of view, waking up to a nightmare of the copper dragon rooting through his desk for its blood. He almost pees <clears throat> himself with fear before he realizes it's Elise, and then almost again when he realizes she's looking through his desk. He gives her the ink and hustles her out ASAP so he can be alone with his deepening insanity. He's suffering from <laughs> dual awareness of himself and then the dragon, who isn't very bright and is about as depressed and despondent as he is. He tries to explain to her what's going on and offer encouragement, in the process getting a brief taste of motherhood and he can barely even with it after like three days. Weak. <laughs> the dragon very sweetly tries to fix his nightmares by offering to eat Hest. If only. <laughs> he can... Cedric can hear the other dragons now, too, though, so he knows he isn't going crazy imagining the copper's thoughts. He gets visits from Elise multiple times a day that only annoy him, and the hunter's nephew, Davy, is almost as bad, wanting to watch him eat dinner and offering to wash his things. You know, like his shirts and stuff. Those things. After Elise takes off with his ink, the hunter Carson swings by for a manly chat. After much roundaboutation and wink, wink, winking that Cedric remains oblivious to, Carson says it straight out, nephew likes to puff the dick pipe, son, just like I do. And he's got it bad for you. Pretty city dandy boy that you are with all your lace and your perfume and whatnot. He's now on orders to stay away from you. But if you take advantage of him, I'll feed you to the dragons. Cedric proves he's not a total reprobate by being horrified at the boy's age and the suggestion that he would even consider taking advantage of it. Carson ends his lecture by telling Cedric he owes Elise the truth. Seems his old friend Leftrin has it bad for the lady, and, well, if her husband was making a cuck of her with his secretary, seems only fair she should have the chance to make an informed decision about that. Also, shave the beard or learn to clean it, because you have soup in it. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, <laughs> the dragon keepers are putting up on a sandbar island for the night. Taz tries to put his hands on Thymara's shoulders, which is like, No, sir, you may not. Oh, God, please don't stop. Uh, so to cover the awkward moment, she asks the even more awkward question of what he thinks of Jared and Graft boning, only to get the even more awkward information that Taz got there first, and so did Rafskal. Oh, Thymara's God. innocence is crashing fast and causing <laughs> much shame that everyone else already knew all of this. So she runs off to sleep next to Centara because fuck them and their dirty minds thinking she and Rafskal might be... She finds Elise and Centara in conversation about her, Elise scolding the dragon for trying to toughen her up by destroying her illusions. That's not the way to make her a queen, Centara, even if you make good points about how sad it is for a woman to meekly live by rules she didn't make. Hey, are you talking about me or Thymara? <laughs> Thymara, join <laughs> Thymara joins them, and they argue about whether they're Centara's servants or not, and why would they even want to be when she's an ungrateful scorning Bia who can't even fly? Centara's <laughs> 
Zintara tells Elise that she should make the male who has presented himself to her pass a challenge, like any elderly male worth his salt would have gladly done. Elise explains her word is her honor, which Zintara is like, well, that sounds like a bullshit way of living. But Thamara actually understands, so they bond over being sad and lonely and honorable. Speaking of honorable, we find Leftrin striking out for a midnight meeting with Jess, who's ready to kill a dragon and make off with the corpse before the rest of them know it's dead and Tarman's gone. Leftrin very astutely recognizes the only way out of this dilemma is to kill him. Unfortunately, before he could just clobber Jess from behind, the man turns to fight. Back to Centara, who is definitely not a hugger, watching her humans weep and embrace like, what the fuck is this? Until Mercor screams that a flood is upon them. She grabs Elise and sets her on her back, but Thymara got too far away and the flood hits them both. Centara is struggling. There's logs and boats and rocks all mixed up. She's going after Thymara when dumbass Ranculus runs into her. Note to self, never mate with that rude ass. And she can't find her keeper or the shore, but Elise is still on her back and she spots Thymara. And Centara says, fuck you to that river and screams, mine! She pulls the girl out of the water. Mine! Bird mail. Um, Eric Tudatozzi with a note from Hest's daddy, who is now involved as well and willing to throw money at the problem of where did his daughter-in-law and his son's secretary run off to. If Detozzi knows anyone who could travel fast up river with a bird or two to get news of the expedition, there's a mighty fine reward in it. Do you think that Hest's family thinks that Cedric and Elise ran away together? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But little uh, do they know that... Not his sister. His sister... Right. Knew. Well, Cedric's sister's probably like, what? <laughs> Why would they be the ones running off? The Tarman has just turned into, like, Fire Island, though, so they're just on, like, a fabulous summer vacation. Getting I did send a new version of it, and it does have uh, Davy and Carson on it. Yes. <laughs> And the stench. And the stench. <laughs> oh, nice. The smelly squiggles like pig pen. Yeah. Also, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> also, the picture of me because uh, seriously, Elise's hair is so fucking relatable. <laughs> um, what else was I going to say about this? Oh, so I was going to read. I was going to read what Carson actually said to Cedric about what he thinks Cedric <laughs> looks like. Please, yes, please. Uh. <laughs> well, while you're getting there, I'm just going to say I'm so happy that like Cedric has a has a new love interest who's clearly like good people because like Carson is like looking out for his friend Leftrin. And he's like taking good care of his nephew, and he's like obviously if aware not competing of the with current. his nephew. But you know, <laughs> well, you know we, arguably it's a little bit self-serving to be like, uh, get the fuck out the way. But like, no, honestly, the age difference. Like, Cedric's older than Elise, and she's like twenty-five now, so he's got to be twenty-seven. Like twenty-seven to fifteen—that's weird. Yeah, you know, like that—that's a big age difference. And so Carson's got like well, that's a graft. Yeah, well, mm. <laughs> touche. We all think Gref's a fucking creeper. <laughs> but you know, if Carson's an old friend of Leftrin, I think Leftrin's around thirty-ish. So yeah, old old man for Rainwilds, but like that's not that old. And so they're like kind of the same age. 
Which means he's perfect for yeah. Cedric. Exactly. So if he can steal Cedric away from that, like, asshole Hest um, and show him what real love looks like. And I'm just really excited for that. <laughs> the Tarman's just the love boat. We should just call it the love boat. <laughs> Soon we'll be making another run. Well, if you... If if you need some some you know glue to keep your marriage together, like just stick that river tar on it. <laughs> Ain't going shit. You know nobody's going anywhere. You'll literally be stuck together forever. <laughs> I want to go back to Cedric's kind of dream that there was a dragon in his room, his tiny little room that we now have an illustration of, thanks to Jenny, going through his stuff. It's very accurate. So like, is is the dragon a human size? Like what? <laughs> This is like Doc. He's delirious. He's delirious. I don't think we can get accurate. It's like dragon a whole sizes. dragon just crouched and going through his shit. Like it's like the beast. <laughs> it's like the beast go like trying to like eat soup, you know? Um <laughs> it's an excellent scene. I do like the return of the elderling robe. Yeah. The, yes. Oh, the elderling robe, which is like some something that Deja Thoris would wear, you know? It's like Ain't got nothing on underneath, kind of like. I just think of it as like a unisex caftan, you know, like it's just yeah. your your day gown. You can wear it to bed if you want to. Just... I think of it kind of like the like the Lothlorien capes. Like it, it kind of does whatever it needs to do at that time. Mm. And for her, it conforms to her body. Did it conform to Fitz's body, too? I remember him saying it was a snug fit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, she said it was a snug fit. Like, it was snug for her. She's not used to wearing something so revealing. Well, she's used to wearing, like, six yards of fabric, even though she's a size zero, so. (laughs) All right. Here's what it says. I'll speak my piece plain and then be gone. Davy's just a youngster. You're probably the handsomest man he's ever seen. And the boy is infatuated. And then later on he says, he's basically saying that he brought ta- he brought Davy into the wilds to get him away from the town because they were trying to beat him up and stuff. Um, he's like, and I thought it might keep him out of trouble, but as soon as he set eyes on you, he was gone. And I mean, who can blame him? <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, he he brought him out of town because he like hit on a boy in a bar and got beat up. And got beat up, yeah. 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 Um, poor poor Davy's still working on his gaydar, although clearly it was accurate on Cedric. <laughs> I just think it's like really funny where he's like, like, what's this conversation with Davy? Like, I know the man is hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how do you have that conversation with Larry's your guardian? too old for you. But like, how do you have that conversation with your guardian? Where like we are both attracted to the same person. It's a little. Mm. You need to find someone your own age in the middle of nowhere on a river on a barge. Go try one of those scaly <laughs> boys over there. <laughs> Just like you know, I feel like I feel like I've I found out that like one of my parental units was like into the same person I was, I would immediately be like disattracted. I'd be like, <laughs> you can have him. Maybe yeah. that's the goal. <laughs> that's the strategy. Yeah. He's like, Oh well, you're into him, I'm into him too, and Davey's like, Oh, oh never god. Mind. <laughs> 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 uh well, oh, and uh, 
and a flood. We knew that was coming since there was an earthquake. By the way, have you seen the weird Mordor pictures from Iceland? Yeah, no, very what? good. They they've had they've had a huge volcano just rocking and rolling for like the last two days, and it's like Ooh, in the city. I need to look this up immediately. And I have a fr- I have a friend who moved to Iceland like right before the pandemic, and she's like tweeting through it and she's like this is what it looks like outside my window and it's like mordor it looks oh, like wow. she lives this in osgiliath it's just like <laughs> i was like uh are you safe she's like the news says i'm safe everyone's very chill <laughs> <laughs> cnn what says people are roasting God. hot dogs like, on it <laughs> what? Nice. oh my god that's the spirit you know that's that's yeah. that that's rain that wild spirit. Lemonade you know? out of lemons, folks. Holy shit! Oh my god, this looks fucking crazy. I just saw it. Oh my god! But apparently, they had forty thousand earthquakes in the last like three weeks. What? I mean, there was like warning that this was coming. Yeah, but it's just like, can you imagine? Like, what? basically never stops shaking even if they're like little yeah. that's disconcerting that is some rain wild shit yeah so that's what i thought of when i was reading this section for the reread i was like oh it's like iceland where like they just have like volcanoes go off and they're just kind of like they just they're like well we might have to close the airport we're not sure yet <laughs> Don't take that road. It could have lava on it, but they just keep on I'm trucking. I'm looking at uh, the video of the drone flying around the volcano, and it looks oh, yeah. like exactly like the end of Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> eagle. Where, eagle drone. Say, where are the eagles? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, there's an earthquake. Oh, we've got to watch for like that white People water. taking pictures in front of the erupting volcano. You know, I mean, the volcanologists must be like so happy. I mean, if they're in the country, if they can't get in the country, they must hate <laughs> life right now. Like, stupid COVID could be on the I could be looking at a volcano right now. <laughs> and all I think of is Dante's Peak. I was just going to say, I don't know. The players haven't seen Dante's Peak. You got to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> every That movie that every substitute teacher showed us is burned into my memory. <laughs> my sister loves that movie i mean everyone like people die horribly in that movie it is disturbing like the grandma who like boils to death in the acid water shit like she fell in the Rainwilds river (laughs) yeah she basically does she falls into the Rainwilds river and then like holds her grandchildren up and then like she gets them up on the yeah and then melts and they watch her and it's like oh we didn't watch that in Indiana. In Indiana, watch we watched Hoosiers because one day we could, too, be <laughs> basketball stars <laughs> at a Gross. state high school level. In Massachusetts, we watch Of Mice and Men. <laughs> what does that mean? In Texas, we watched The Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, we watched we watched Dante's Peak and I think the really old like the nineteen forties Pride and Prejudice. I'm trying to think of what other movie we watched. Oh mm. Grapes of Wrath. Horrible. Mm. Ew, yeah. Why did you watch Grapes of Wrath? 
movie is boring. <laughs> yeah, I think it took like three days to watch it. <laughs> Legit. I mean, in seventh grade, we watched Waterworld for our recycling unit. That was fun. Whoa. <laughs> well, I watched Jumanji in Spanish class about 17 times in high school, so. <laughs> I watched Jumanji in Spanish when I was at jury duty. Ooh. It was the new Jumanji, though. Oh. Oh, yeah. It was the rock Jumanji in Spanish. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to watch the new Jumanji so or the things. old Jumanji. I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't. I don't care to watch the new one. Oh, it's a classic. So Jumanji plus Dante's Peak equals the Rain Wilds. Mm. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Not as many games, but tell that to Centara. <laughs> so uh, she's the one that I thought I had. Uh, about a chapter ago, but I, it took me a chapter to coalesce it. Um, so, Centara, I just want to remind everyone that she is very lucky that she survived. Like, the first uh, few chapters of the previous book were careful to point out that, like, she was one of those serpents that was, like, barely at, at the thought level. She was she just wanted to go back to the the warm water and have plenty of food and didn't want to follow Malkin at all she was she was on the verge of turning back and then Malkin like forced her to go forward and she could barely even remember that she was a serpent and then a serpent died right in front of her and she ate it because she got lucky and she was the first one there and that brought her memories back enough to kind of get her to the cocooning grounds. And then there was another moment after she hatched from a cocoon where um, Thymara and her dad were like tossing deer down and it like just landed right by Centara. And so Centara like straight out of the cocoon got fresh meat when a lot of them didn't. So it's like she's had like a lot of really lucky moments that kind of led mm-hmm. to this. She was not one of the top dogs leading up to leading up to this from the previous books. She was kind of one of the losers that was straggling and following mm-hmm. on. Well, I mean, oh. unfortunately, um, like in in nature, sometimes like the there is just like that kind of lucky break and the ones that make it are the ones that got lucky. Like sometimes there is like some survival of the fittest and sometimes it's survival of the luckiest. So, you know, but it does seem, it is kind of poetic that Thymaro's father was there to provide meat and help at the beginning. And now Centara is saving Thymaro from drowning. Mm. Would she have been in that situation? debatable but there's a nice there's a nice uh synergy i but what brought this up me bringing me bringing all these old tidbits up is that uh so in the beginning in my section uh centaur was thinking about oh if the the copper one dies that it would be a good meal but you know murkor would get it that sucks 
but like the distinction between her and Relfta is like nothing. Like she could have easily been yeah. in that same spot. It was just luck, yeah, really. Absolutely. She needs to check herself before she wrecks herself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lesson for everybody about capitalism. <laughs> I do feel really badly for Thamara who is like she's was so dedicated to living by these rules that were set in place and now she feels like she's been this like immature, ignorant, naive little mm. baby and like everybody else is going to fuck town and she's like, Oh my god, like I'm such a fucking Even idiot. Rap school? Like that's a shitty place to be. Even Rapsky. Yeah, she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, it's double-fold. It's a double-edged sword, too, because it's like, she's now been left out, but then she also has that, like, crushing disappointment in the fact that these boys that she likes have chosen someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, like, she, so she feels rejected and left out, even though she's left out because she wanted to be left out. You know, it's like, she's that's very teen well so well you know and i i feel bad for jerd honestly because what she doesn't she's is i hope greft is protecting her it just seems like she's doesn't have a lot of allies if she's not able to like hold a relationship with any of these people yeah she's just horny yeah, I mean, that's true also. Like, everyone's just, like, horny teenagers, and we said Lord of the Flies could go violent, but it could go the other way, too, so... <laughs> it could just be an orgy. <laughs> yeah, it could just be a big orgy. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's also, like, I... It feels very short-sighted to just, I'm just gonna fuck my way through camp, you know? Like, but just, like, well, it's just not romantic. It's not romantic. It's not romantic, like... but we also have to remember that, like, these people have always been treated like like outcast rejects told no. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get my fucks on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking... But from like... Thimera's point of view, it's like she kind of hasn't even been able to admit to herself that she really likes tats. Mm-hmm. And... Even, it's like, what if she does? And it's like, well, that it's not romantic when, like, the boy you like has already, like, you know. I mean, it can be romantic to fall for somebody who has had sex before in their life. No, no, that's, that's, okay. not, what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Welcome to I'm being Demi. Still, we're talking about, we're talking about the, this, this, this competition that Centara has set up, right? Where it's like, you must, you must be chosen. You must be the one above others. I mean, that's classic. That's a classic misogynist, like, way to control women. You pit them against each other. Mm. And it's weird. And it's, but it's, it's part of that romantic trope to be like, oh, I was not chosen. And I think that it's like the opposite of that is what is happening now with Elise, where she feels chosen. She feels special. Mm-hmm. And for once, and Thymara is realizing that she might want that and has maybe in her mind lost out on that opportunity because she had these backwards feelings about sticking to rules that no longer apply. Yeah. I, I would, I wish that Thymara could understand that like people get chosen for very different reasons. And right. Just because people have had sex with her, this other girl does not 
stack them up against each other in any way. They're just two different people, two different reasons. Right. And, you know, that's maturity. That's maturity to be like, people have experiences and you don't own them. But she's she's not through that. No, she's panicking with rejection and... Exactly. Naivete. And I just hope that Jer doesn't get... Knocked up? I mean, Jesus, she's having a lot of sex, you guys. <laughs> I mean, apparently it's you, very but... difficult in the rain wilds. So true. True that. Yeah, I, 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 what I was, what I was trying to, to say is like it seems kind of short-sighted socially when you're in a very like limited group of people. Um, yes, they should be a little more strategic for sure. Yeah, but well, she is now with. Graf, who purports to be the leader. the leader. So in that sense, she's kind of, you know, winning. Yeah, yeah, whatever that means. But I feel just, I just feel bad when they're like, even Rapscal, I'm like, what's wrong with them? I know. Everybody I, treats him like he's, a, well, I think it's that they, like the nice boy. Yeah, I think it's that they, they, they mistake his positivity and his, like, optimism for like simplicity, like what'd you do that for? Like, is that ethical? Is that okay? And like, the, and that's not like, that's not the case. That's not who Rapscal is. And he's, you know, and it, it kind of yeah, sounded I, like he was like, eh, I was the one who didn't want to keep going, not her. <laughs> she said, or he was laughing that it was gross. That's what it was. Oh yeah, he was. He was. Laughing. He was like, he oh, we're making a mess. Ha ha. <laughs> And she, it turned her off. And she got offended. Yeah. Look how messy it is. This is this good? I had somebody get offended at me for laughing during sex once, and I'm like, you know what? If we can't have a sense of humor in life, like we're not gonna make it anyways. So yeah. Let's just be done here. <laughs> I mean, they're probably like out in the woods and stuff. I mean, yeah. You can't have. Can't. There's no dignity in that anyway. So. Nope. Right. Go well with it. <laughs> Um, we got the bird news. It looks like no one knows what's going on. That perhaps Cedric and Elise have run off together. And Datoji's about to get a shipment of that pea flower. You mean that peen flower? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, that was funny. It, that was good. <laughs> Eric, er, Eric, why don't you personally deliver it to my 300 pound, <laughs> my 300 weight sacks of uh, <laughs> pee? Mm. <laughs> it, what? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to piss in this anyway. <laughs> oh, crap. I heard your. I heard your birds are sick. I think they need some penicillin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this has been Buckkeep Radio. I'm Alyssa. I'm gone. <laughs> it's nice for you guys to have listened as far as you did. It's completely understand if you stop listening. We're just building up to the next episode. Look at the numbers. That's all. Oh, man. Uh, are we? This is technically a cliffhanger. Are we worried about what's going on? People are drowning. People are yeah, drowning. So. White ass water that's gonna eat them all alive. So 
And then poor Tarman, he was feeling all happy and lovey-dovey, and then the dude just got a rude. Can they do that, like, magic dragon healing, though? Can they pull out those powers? Oh, yeah. Well, Lefkren is off Tarman and trying to, like, fisticuffs with Jess, so that's another at Hopefully Jess drowns and Lefkren doesn't, and that guy will be dead, but he won't have the guilt or the body count. Yeah, that would be nice. Or just, like, some very broken legs. No. Well, we'll see. Cliffhanger. What happens to people? Um, I'm going to move us on to every episode prompt. This be Uh-oh. my crew. Character introductions and exits. Hopefully, Jeff. Peace, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't really get any other introductions. Um, shady business adventures. Who's being shady? Jess, a also little Jess, bit of Jess. being shady. <laughs> Greth. Cedric. Still shady. Mm-hmm. Still got, still feeling guilt about that little vial of blood. Yeah. Centaro was being hella shady when she wing-batted Thamara and knocked her into the fucking river <laughs> for a piece of meat. <laughs> and when she sent her after, uh, like, the, you know, peep show. Yeah. Yeah. She's I don't a little think... Like, what, I don't know, like, what would a dragon do? Nothing? Who cares? They eat, like, they eat dead dragon. I, I just don't understand the thought process around that. <laughs> um, what a tangle. What are those dragons doing? Drowning. <laughs> Being assholes. Well, at least Centaurus. I hope that, I hope that Ralta can swim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Is, is Cedric, like, We're alive enough to give her, uh... Encouragement. Oh, yeah, get that Care Bear energy. Uh, boats. Why are they great? They float on fucking water, <laughs> and they make you <laughs> and they make you fall in love. They unite lovers. <laughs> They're love boats, and they fear no rapid. They should. I'm kind of. They're the captains the of shipping fandoms. <laughs> yeah i feel like tarman is in the best situation but you know who knows it's like uh, i am wood i float great he's very large and very flat which works well for him because there's not like the, the balance <laughs> Lots of, of surface like area curved yeah. bottom ship to tip back and forth hopefully he'll just be like a surfboard and just kind of like why ride the wave <laughs> There are a lot of hand motions that went with that that you couldn't see. (laughs) Dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jumelia. Well, I feel like the flood is just fucking up the fashion. There's not going to be a lot of fashion. There's a lot of stinky fashion. I feel like nobody has clean clothes right now. Like, everybody's clothes are trashed and very smelly. The only fashion. Unless your only water is acid water, you're not gonna like wash your clothes in it. <laughs> yeah, they do. They dig the hole though for their morning fresh water. They could dig two holes and have clothing water and <laughs> other water. <laughs> the the only fashion is the fucking elderling uh, lingerie robe. So that I'm is here true. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Elise is somewhere in a lingerie robe, clinging to her I wet hope... body. But, oh my but god! That might oh my her. god! Oh my god. But that might protect her. Yeah. It may protect her. It might. 
She's already been hit once by the water, though. So she might just get it's real like ugly. Right <laughs> Damara's very, very scaly, so hopefully that will help her out. Um, it's a dragon, but... Yeah, we don't know. You know. Also, bitch needs to learn how to swim. Can we talk about that? She said she can't <laughs> swim. Ma'am, you are on a river journey. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't take the prerequisite swimming classes before going on this journey. She's she had some time. She could have learned in the evenings. The pop-up ad just popped up. She scrolled to the bottom automatically and clicked accept. She, she spent her read. whole life on the Rainwild River. Nobody swims in that she fucking river, y'all. Acid river. Nobody swims in that fucking river. They She's, all spend yeah, their whole life river. avoiding it. Like the last She's thing spent, you yeah, do she is spent go her whole time being afraid of it. It's like the river in the second never-ending story movie where they they drop the feathers in it. It's acid and it all just melts. And and I'm thinking I'm and I'm thinking like the bog of eternal stench in labyrinth where it's like if if you get a single drop on you you'll stink forever <laughs> forever. <laughs> Oh, what a well, they're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Right. They'll all find love with each other, and then it'll be okay. I mean, that's what I'm hoping. I this this is that's a YA novel, for. right? Yeah. This okay. is gonna turn into like the end of Titanic. There's gonna be people <laughs> clinging on boards of wood. <laughs> it's just on top no, of Tarman. They're all on top of Tarman. <laughs> there's there's enough room on Tarman for everyone to get on. And they're like, so. Tarman just Take suddenly that, grows Jack. arms and is like plucking people out of the water. <laughs> uh, reminder, our next reading section will be Dragon Haven chapters 5 through 9. Can't wait. This has been Buckkeep Radio. Email us at buckkeepradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email. Uh, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I am Alyssa and I am online at AlyssaMeaner.com. Uh, I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces Free on Instagram and perhaps I will put that Mercor and the Stub shirt up in my Redbubble store. Please do. Yeah. I want one. You got to. Um, I'm Eli, and I'm at Chewy Bread Cosplay, although I haven't done cosplay in probably six months. Same. Oh, in the car. That's pretty cool. I guess, yeah, now I'm doing Chewy Bread Car Play. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been sitting on that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just took a, took, took a few drinks tonight to bring that out. I didn't, didn't realize it until now. <laughs> bread car play <laughs> i'm ashley i'm doing nothing of significance but i might every once in three weeks post a picture of my cat on instagram at ladybird parker and i'm elena you can find me at moth elena okay next up is spoilers bye spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. bye, bye.
All right. Uh... <laughs> I think that your theory that Hebe is is Shriver is uh, not looking good. <laughs> Hebe is all of us. That's my best theory. <laughs> Maybe Hebe is just us. Maybe Hebe is just... the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Hebe is the audience. Oh, poor Hebe. I always thought that maybe Hebe was like incomplete somehow. Like, I don't know. She's going to go like, to school someday. She's going to get education. Like, <laughs> she was like a, a serpent that just wasn't doing well. But whatever serpent ate, she who remembers. She's <laughs> got a really positive outlook. That's, ugh. I don't know. That's all I was gonna talk about. Um, I mean, we do have things to look forward to. Yeah, like two dads, Jerd's baby. Two dads. Yes, and uh, yeah. the attempted poisonings mm-hmm. and uh, snacks. Jess, I think Jess gets eaten in the next section. So that's cool. I love when people get eaten by dragons. I just love when it's when everyone's playing Lincoln logs in the river and they're all trying to like prop all the dragons up on the floating logs. Oh, to be eaten by a dragon. Yeah, I'm thinking that it is. It is. uh, Shriver is Ralpta. And Hebe is just a random red. <laughs> She's special. She's different. <laughs> She's just here. She's along for the ride. It's Pisces season, baby. And Hebe <laughs> is here. Hebe. Hebe gets to be on the cover of one of the books, though. Oh, is it this Hebe? one? I have a red dragon. I don't have, yeah, I don't have uh, physical copies of this book. Is this I, I think so because Ralph is copper, not red. She's very prim. She's getting her nails done on this cover. <laughs> She's getting her parasites removed. Yeah. Oh God, Christ! I'm also really excited that Catherine draws is like right with us. Yeah, she hasn't eclipsed us yet. Stars have aligned. I keep art. looking like at every new post I'm like oh, is it gonna be a spoiler do I have to like warn them not to look at it but it's been right on finally it's like sinking your periods but with books <laughs> yeah cause this yeah the last the last one was uh, Thymara and uh, Rapscal like in the canoe yeah, I think oh, we're in a good spot. Man, can't wait for some other canoe activities. Sorry, all I think about is the gaze. <laughs> oh, you did see. I was gonna say you did see this illustration of Hebe, but I see that you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with her tongue out. That's such a great drawing. It's so cute. Go to Catherine Draws on Instagram and look at all the amazing. First off, illustrating the entire realm of the Elderlings. Like fucking shit. It has been. It's so much content. 
I can do one per series. That's as far as I get. And then somebody's doing chapter by chapter. Damn, girl. This has been going on since May 1st, 2020. And I... They are, you can buy them if you want to buy them, like, whatever, cool. Uh, not sponsored, but they're good enough to buy. I recommend it. <laughs> um, but they are, uh, yeah, and through the whole thing. So I, I just think it's incredible because we are very starved for a lot of art in this fandom. I mean, like, there are a lot of people, including yourself, Alyssa, who are doing amazing fan art. Um but, you know, like, not a lot of official stuff. And so we no. have these illustrated editions, but it's just the same edition illustrated over and over again. And yeah. especially, like, Rainwilds and stuff like that. Like, we're never going to see official illustrations of that. So it's really wonderful to see these drawings. And if, you know, you're like us in years past, suckling off the teat of perplexingly on Tumblr, and that was all yes. you had for a long time. That was all you had. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and those are very fine illustrations as well. But Gorge. I mean, this is like every like Catherine draws is going in every single like every I, I want to say it's like every three days. Maybe it's every week. It feels like a little bit more often than that. So in in my time, that's every hour. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I look and there's a new piece of art. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's basically like per chapter. There's an illustration, and it's it's incredible. So. I, it's been very enjoyable to sync up, especially for the Rainwilds, because I've never seen any illustrations from the Rainwilds, so everything's new to me when I get to look at it. Oh, cool. yeah. There's, um, I mean, perplexingly. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've only ever seen the Fits and the Fool stuff, but oh. I'm also not on Tumblr. I'm not on Tumblr, so that's my problem. I just went back, and I might quit Twitter. Well, Dragons... Dragon Age. Dragon Haven. Have you played Dragon Age? You're a Mass Effect person. I'm a Mass Effect person. Joey's played Dragon Age. I thought Dragon Age was horribly boring. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It could be the storyline that Joey played. What the heck did... I'm I'm gonna grill him if you don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember. I remember a lot of people standing around the table and there being so much text that you have to scroll through that I was immediately like, you have to stop playing this. He just played Inquisition. Yeah, that was it. Dragon Age 2 is the good one. Oh, dear. What's that one about? Well, it's you, an idiot, and all your stupid friends have to save your shitty town. And it's very small scale. The characters are unbelievable. They made the game in 16 months. And <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> The, so it's the best one because it's the worst one? <laughs> well, it's like they poured as much as they could into character. And it's kind of like playing a Robin Hobb game. Hmm. The graphics, I mean, they've made like, what's it called when you DLC for the for the graphics? But hmm. I'm not saying it's great. What, what, what system did it come out for? PS3? Uh, Xbox. 360. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what I played it on. It was on I'm PC. I'm not an Xbox. Okay. I play it on PC now. But 
Oh boy. Like the larger scale things get, the more I detach. And I'm like, I don't care about the world. I care about me and my stupid idiots. I mean, I played Skyrim and literally just built houses everywhere. Oh. I only do the <laughs> missions that allow me to further furnish or upgrade my house <laughs> yes. and get the shit I want from my house. And then I quit. <laughs> it's like it's like medieval Sims. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. I couldn't, or I, and yeah. I, already, I already do dumb shit. Like, I'm going to carry a pail up to the top of this mountain and throw it off. And I spend two hours doing that. <laughs> I couldn't get into Skyrim. Because, like, open world, eh, tell me where to go so I can smooch the cute elf. Mm. That's what I want. Yeah, I think I got, like, frustrated. I get frustrated with, like, side missions. Like, I just, sometimes I just want to, like, blast through and, like, do a lot like I like to do a lot of the the story and then I might be inclined to, to do more of the side missions because I'm helping my friends yeah which is like Mass Effect is good at that but like do all these side missions and then like your friends will like you more. yes yeah that's Dragon Age 2 yeah yeah uh, I, sh I wish I could get into space I don't know this is why like I can't the Witcher is not my favorite really I don't feel connected like to anyone yeah, it's the game or the show or both. Oh, the just the game, the show. I'm obsessed. Oh. But okay, I'm like, I feel like you've watched that show a lot. Yeah, it's just like, like it. five times. But like, oh, the game felt like it was fun to play, but I didn't feel feelings. Wow. Yeah, I loved that game. I loved that game so much. It has redeeming qualities besides taking place exclusively in a swamp. Uh, that part sucks. That it's is the whole true. game. You gotta get the fuck out of Ellen. It's the whole game. No, you gotta get the fuck out of Ellen and do the DLCs. The DLCs are good. I tried to start the DLC, but I'm too weak to fight the fucking yeah, frog. You have, and you like, just have to get out of Ellen. You expect me to go back into the swamp and get stronger? No, I'm already on casual. <laughs> like, for you're a reason. Li you, you're li you literally are in Velen for, like, half the game, and it is intolerable. But once you get, like, if you go to Skellige and stuff, Skellige is beautiful. Skellige is cool, and I do care about my queen. And that's mm -hmm. about, and I care about the poor stuffed unicorn that is subjected to too much. <laughs> yep, and and you know, doing all like the dumb last wish stuff where you do Yennefer's like little side missions to like undo the curse or the wish, so that you can see if you really love each other. Like that shit's great. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I also. I also really enjoy games where I don't, I'm not me. I really enjoy being like, this is who I am. And that's why I like The Witcher. Because it's like, you're Geralt. And this uh, is how Geralt is. I see. And I don't have to, like, impose my morality or anything. I can just be like, this is Geralt's morality. This is Geralt's life. And I'm going to do my best for him. Because if I play as me, I get really, like, caught up in, in what is what I'm doing moral. Like... Oh, yeah, I'll spend hours agonizing. <laughs> yeah, like, is, is this reflective of me? Like, I don't... And that, I feel like, will prevent me from doing some stuff. Like, you have to be a bastard in Mass Effect to date Garrus, who is the ultimate insectoid alien boyfriend. And <laughs> I think I can picture him. <laughs> but, 
but you only date him if you're a bastard and it is hard oh my god <laughs> it is hard to be a bastard in bioware so. games oh no it, like everyone has to like me even when i know what happens just like no i have to be everyone's favorite i can't be mean right though i did do like, i don't like i i like play like i'll play like any game with cars, I can't. I have to drive the car legally. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto stopping at the yeah. stoplights. I'm stopping at the stoplights. <laughs> you can't you know, do certain missions because you're obeying <laughs> traffic laws. But if I'm not me, if I'm someone else, then I can break the law. I understand. Gives me that. permission. It was a lot easier to play Inquisition. I made a whole Joan of Arc character, and I was like, "What would Joan do? Do you look vaguely English? Fuck you!" And it was a lot easier. <laughs> to go yeah, because you have like a you have parameters that you can just be like to apply, and that's why I liked being Geralt because like Geralt has his own needs and wants and wishes in life, and you can kind of like be an anti-Geralt or like do things that. Geralt probably really wouldn't do, but if you just want to play like him, you can. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a nice <laughs> aside talk. about video games. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. All right. Well, I will talk to you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.